Hey everyone. Hey, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, excellent. Alejandro, hey, how are you? Hey, doing good, Amy. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Nice studio. We'll wait a couple more minutes for some folks to come in. Everyone, we're going to start in about two, three more minutes, let a few more folks come in, and then we'll get rolling. Hey, Bam. What's up, man? How are you? GM, everyone. A little jet lag. Just got back from Paris, but let's do this. <laughs> All right, let's roll. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining today. On the show, we've got Robert Iso, artist from the Profound Life in West America drop that everyone's been really excited about the last few weeks, and some of the team uh, from Fellowship, Studio 137, Alejandro, and Fred. Um, so I guess we'll just jump right in. Now, Rupe, I'd love to start with a little bit about yourself, your journey as an artist, your background, um, how this particular project came to be. I know that's a lot to do all in a row, but yeah, wherever you'd like to start. <laughs> yes, I'll then, I'll then try my best. So, yep. hey, everyone. So my name is Rupe Reinisto. I'm from Helsinki, Finland. So I'm a Finn. Um, I've been doing... So my background, a brief then primer. So my main background is that I'm a professional um, designer. So I've been working professionally as a designer for like 25 years. Um, mostly doing like uh, user interaction design, user concept design, stuff like that. I'm a Finn, so everyone in, in Finland at some stage then uh, works for then designing smartphones. So I was also then one of that bunch. So I spent a long time doing uh, design for like the mobile phones, smartphones. And then uh, we were then acquired then by Microsoft. Uh, after that, I was one of the founders of this uh, virtual reality company called then Vario. And then... I had my the midlife then crisis then two years ago, so I then quit my job, <laughs> and I be, and I then became an independent um, consultant slash then freelancer, and I of course thought that you know the most interesting problem I would think of is the is then AI, uh, so my main then 
a hobby has been for 30 years that I've been then, then taking photos. And that's just a background, suppose. So I then started then to explore AI. AI then, especially relating to materials, relating to this kind of uh, being able then to create something on screen with AI. And I've been on that road for then two years. And it just so happens that all of these backgrounds then start to combine. So um, photos, AI, um, um, NFTs and so on. And they all then have then started then to merge. And so that's, that's, that, that's the kind of the intro of why I'm here then today. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for that. It's great to hear. Um, Alejandro, you know, you've obviously been a long time photographer. You've been here in Web3 space about as long as anyone, um, specifically within the context of photography. Can you speak to a little bit about what you think uh, when you first saw uh, Rope's work and, and what's transpired since then? Thank you, Amy. It's a, it's really cool to be up here. Um, uh, yeah, man, it's it, the being in the NFT space, uh, <clears throat> mainly with photography, always pushing to see how, you know, uh, photography fits in the, in the whole space of, of NFTs. And, uh, I would say, was it November or December last year? Um, I started to share with Fred and and uh, and Studio One Thirty Seven this uh, these images I was finding on foundation of this AI guy. I'm like, wow, this is like we should keep an eye on this. This is like out of this world, and uh, yeah, we we started collecting a little bit of of his work, and and we've been hooked ever since. And we we reached out. We've had, I mean. Uh, many, many great and profound conversations about what AI is, what photography is, where where this intersection is taking us. And uh, to be honest, it's uh, it, it's taken up uh, all my thought processes <laughs> lately. It's just a really exciting uh, moment. Uh, it feels like, a, it, I mean, I've said this before, it feels like AI is a buildup of 180 years of photographic thinking without the entanglement of truth and truth has always dirtied photography into this like little niche and hasn't let go of it like hasn't let it be have its artistic potential and what ai is ai photography in particular is doing is like touching on what is most uh, coveted about a uh, photography which is that it's fiction it's a creation it's a it's a fragment of the world so um there's something easier to digest uh, with ai photography than photography per se like pure photography as art so i'm i'm like at the forefront uh, with with my like big flag this is something that's gonna help photography and and photographic images into the future yeah, great. Thanks for that. Uh, as Alejandro was speaking, I guess what would help me and maybe some of the listeners is, you know, in the most layman's terms possible, like, how would you describe your process uh, in making art, especially in relation to the most recent collection, um, you know, just from the most basic uh, principles? Well, in a way, in a, in a fundamental way, I personally view these AI tools as 
then virtual camera. So it's in my mind. I'm then kind of then kind of then uh, then kind of then fixated on, on this notion of, of a camera. So for this uh, kind of the creation process, I I kind of think of in in the same way. So if you do the photography. You do like first you then plan the shoot, then you shoot, and then you do the post. So in that way, uh, it's 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 the fundamentally the same here. So I mean, when I create something, I first you know think I, I then plan something. So I then start to start to think about the kind of these uh, things I want to create. Then after that. Um, there's some uh, kind of the technical steps here, of course, and a, um, then exploration, but then fundamentally the actual, you know, production process or the actual kind of the creation process is like uh, with a normal camera, I uh, depends on what I do, but I, I usually just then shoot them plenty. So if I then go outside, I, I, I then shoot a lot. If I take the portrait, I then then shoot a lot. So in a strange way, in the AI, it then kind of works the same way. So I do them, uh, uh, then then plenty of pictures. So I do like a thousand or then then two thousand. Then afterwards, I then come home and I then start to review the kind of the shots uh, and I then start then. Then to pick the best ones and then start to post post process those. And as I then go through the shots, I then start to get like more more kind of like uh, things in my head of I would also then shoot and this and that. But it, whereas with the normal photography, it, it then takes a long time. It's kind of you know you, you usually do like one sh- then shot per day, you know, or you know one then cycle per day. Here with AI, uh, then then the speed is then just so much faster that you can actually like do five uh, cycles a day or ten uh, per day, and you know that the means that it's actually then quite exciting. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, you know, Fred Studio One Three Seven or Hundred, any any of you guys could could really take this. I'm curious, you know, as people who have been around the photography space for a while and are avid collectors of photography, you know, whether within the context of NFTs or otherwise, you know, what is, what was and what is your reaction to uh, Rope's collection and, you know, what, what sort of sticks out to you is unique about it? You take it, Neil. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone. Um, I think for me, so it, just to to frame how I'm thinking about photography in general, I'd say maybe 18 months ago, um, I think I felt photography was, was ripe for a, a huge moment with the advent of the blockchain. Um, if you think about traditional art forms like painting and sculpture, they don't necessarily translate quite as well to the blockchain as photography, because certainly in the last few decades, it's a, it's a digitally native art form. Um, and it has all the benefits of the blockchain that that any NFT has. It, it's got the provenance, um, which perhaps was has been and still is a, an issue with photography in, in that there's not the clearly defined scarcity that you have with a painting, for example. There's 
Um, there's there's multiple editions of, of photographs in general. There's the liquidity, the 24-7 market, the portability. I have um, images on a screen in front of my desk, which I rotate depending on, on my mood on a particular day. Um, but I think maybe sort of um, photography has, has not quite had its moment yet for, for a couple of reasons. And I think potentially AI or post photography solve these issues. And um, I think in general, there's, there's a, a challenge around network and a challenge around the newness of photography. And to, to think about network, most photographic collections are maybe sort of 20, 30, 40, 50 pieces, um, you know, up to 100. And sometimes there are great communities built around collections and Justin with Twin Flames or Drift with Where My Vans Go are, are great examples of that. But it's harder to build a community when the, when the collection size is smaller. It's certainly harder to get traction on secondary markets when a collection size is perhaps only 50 pieces. Um, and when I think about the, the newness of photography, I think the underlying art form, um, you know, again, with some exceptions, but a photograph um, is now displayed differently, screen versus print. In the case of NFTs, um, there's a different distribution mechanic, but the underlying art form is is the same. And, and some of those collections I mentioned perhaps existed as um, photos before the creator was even thinking about NFTs. And... Um, it feels to me like something, if you, if you think about generative art, for example, long form generative art, for me, that's what, whilst generative art has been around like photography for, for a while, maybe since the, the 50s or 60s in, in this case, I think what Artblocks did with uh, long form, this ability for a collector to have a moment with the creator of, of the image to, to mint and to, to actually be sort of part of a co-creation process, that for me felt like a real step change in generative art. And I think that's why in the last two, two three years, we've seen such a huge amount of traction behind um, generative art. And it feels like with um, AI, we've perhaps got this, this moment in time when things just look a bit different. They just, they feel different. You can see the artifacts of the technology. Um, as Alejandro said, this is, um, it's really opening the doors for creativity and the ability to to create things which don't exist. And, and this this really feels to me like it's a, a moment in time where photography can have its moment and can solve these these headwinds that traditional photography maybe has faced in that the collection sizes are typically bigger. Um, you know, Roop's case, Life in West America and ReWorld, which we're working with him on a 500 pieces. So you have the ability for collectors to, to or more collectors to engage in the, uh, in, in the work and certainly to, to help with secondary as well. And it feels new, it feels different. And everybody sort of has this desire to be part of something like the, the beginning of a, a movement. So whilst I, I'm hugely bullish about photography in general, um, traditional photography and also post photography. I think maybe we've seen such traction with Roop's work in the last uh, few weeks because it represents this this moment in time where maybe this is the catalyst which is going to set fire to photography to really help it to uh, to fulfil its potential on on the blockchain. And you know, last comment around this in general, the work is just fucking incredible. It just I, it's mind blowingly cool. I've seen super high resolution versions of what he's done recently and i can just see this 
on a wall, you know, two meters like a Gregory Crewson print or three meters like a Jeff Wall installation. I think the potential to to sort of unlock um, the ability to make these magical landscapes or scenes is like AI is really accelerating that potential. So that's that's what excites me about AI in general and uh, specifically Roop's work. I think he's a, he's a master of this this medium. Yeah, it's it's outstanding that, uh, and we've talked about this before, you know, with other friends and collectors, and, and I think maybe Matt even on the previous episode a little bit, this idea that life in West America sort of represents the art in such a way that you always want to go back and keep looking at it again, right? Even if you spend an hour or two that day, you want to take a look the next day and the next day and maybe a week later, and you are always finding new and interesting things. And that is sort of a benchmark for what makes for a great art collection of any kind, whether it's photography, generative art, or otherwise. I'm wondering if, you know, Matt, I know you had some thoughts on this and, and I'm sure the fellowship guys have experienced this in some way. And, and uh, is that, is that fair to say that that is indeed a, a metric for, for what makes for a great uh, art collection, be it AI or otherwise? Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there exactly. And, you know, I kind of wonder, <clears throat> it makes me wonder moving forward, how we're going to view future AI and like this kind of intersection of AI and photography I'm curious to know from Rope, like, did this surprise you at all um, that it's, this project has had so much success this quickly? And, you know, I'm assuming the answer is yes, but just curious to know how you're how you kind of feel about how everything's transpired over the last few weeks. And and furthermore, um, you know, uh, why do you why do you think that this project has had so much success from from your from your eyes as the artist? Yeah, I mean, two two questions. I mean, first of all, I mean, surprised. Yes, of course. I mean, uh, when I started, you really, it was roughly like six months ago, five months ago, when I was finally able to do something that looks more like a photo, that looks more uh, realistic. So I spent the first months or so trying to make things look um, as realistic as they can be. So to make something that wouldn't fool people in a way, that, that, would, that they would they look like photos. And I was um, pretty successful with that. So I, I was able to do stuff that most people... I actually have a secret in Instagram and I then posted some photos and then nobody complained. So I was like, hey, it works. But then uh, it, it was so strange that all the time when I was doing that, I personally, those photos kind of they left me a bit cold, uh, relatively speaking. So, I mean, they, they looked real, but they felt fake. And I was the more interested in the ones that, you know, had all the AI, then artifacts and all the kind of the... Um, a new type of you know visual uh, uh, language so i saw all kinds of links to art forms in in the past and and all the means that kind of like uh, traditional photo has you know the traditional photo has issues with you know that it's so still and it's one place at a time one one moment at a time one viewpoint one perspective one truth uh, and you know, uh, I it's so kind of I found always those cases where, at first of all, I thought I failed, uh, but I, as I spend more time with them, I started to realize that, that those aren't actually failures. That when when I combine photography with AI, actually the most interesting results are not so that I try to hide the AI ness. But actually, you know, the most interesting uh, results for me started to feel like uh, when I don't try to hide it, but I then try to use it then to enhance it. So I do this uh, 
one plus one equals three approach. And then after I was able then to then to uh, kind of then to make this change in my mind, then you know um, everything then started to explode and then then start to open up. So uh, so that was really the kind of the key um, key thing. I'm trying to remember the kind of the second part of your question, which was. Yeah, I guess why do you, why do you think the project oh, has had so much success? Yes. yes. Well, of course, I, I mean it's always hard for the artists themselves to know. I mean, if 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 the artist would know for sure, kind of like what's the secret to success, it would be kind of easy to replicate. But I do think it it probably has this kind of the sense of like. First of all, you know, uh, trying to combine the best of uh, both art forms. So traditional photos have, you know, a number of rules, principles, ideas that what makes a kind of good photo. And I then try to apply all of those to um, every single piece. Uh, so that's one side. And then the other side was kind of like, you know, what makes interesting kind of like AI art. And that's, of course, slightly more than subjective. Uh, uh, and then and then open to interpretation, but really try to do those both. In a strange way, I, I view it like you know, it's almost like if you think about music, there's this thing called then a kind of kind of a kind of the crossover, you know, are these are these kind of then crossover songs and then crossover bands. So his you have had then his story kind of like two then different things. So like you had like the country music and then something else. And they've not been then combined, but then somebody comes in and then does a kind of crossover, which takes the best of you know these both parts, and for some reason then then the kind of the combination works. It it's the more interesting than uh, than in those cases where it's just like pure on one side. So I think it, there is something certainly about this combination that that then kind of works so it, it it has kind of people who who appreciate photos can then can then start to appreciate the fact that they're still photos but they have then something new and people that appreciate the ai side can you know appreciate that it's ai but it now has then you know has then something new so i i think that's probably one part so shortly saying that they are also trying to be like then good photos. Yeah, I think we're kind of at this place right now where it's, it seems to be a very fine line between you know having AI generated art that looks too realistic and then stuff that looks a little bit too like you know abstract and distorted and harder to like understand or comprehend. So I think like moving forward as as you know we start to see more of this type of art produced, is there a point where it gets too realistic and becomes less interesting or if models get too sophisticated and it becomes too easy to make AI art, does that, you know, will people recognize that? And, and how do people kind of understand what goes into making this? Because, you know, from some, at some point, like it may become too easy to make this type of art. If, if the models get too sophisticated, does that devalue it? I, I'm just kind of curious to know how everyone's thinking about, you know, this kind of current state of things and how things will be moving forward. Well, I mean, if I start, I mean, of course, there's always a risk. Uh, I think, you know, these AI engines um, I'm, I'm using, then stable diffusion, as most people are using. I think they're now, right now, in an extremely interesting space where they are hyper-creative. 
and opened for for the artist and to use them in a wide kind of variety of ways. So you don't do beautiful things and you don't do very kind of battled things. Now, if it's compared to that something like then uh, Mid Journey, which is a highly you know the popular example of kind of like that's probably the most most popular thing that out there. There is a risk that you know when the uh, engines get like then too good. So in Mid Journey, you can you know write um, everything you write there, it then ends up with a kind of beautiful result. That's actually not good for art. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. But I, I mean, fortunately, um, I think there will be always, you know, choice available. So it's not like the old Go code will completely then go away. That that doesn't 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 happen. But it is true that you know, once an AI learns that a hand has five fingers it will be much harder to force the AI to draw a hand that has the six fingers because it's just like a human artist. So once they know how to draw a hand, it's actually hard to ask a human artist then to draw a completely, you know, in, insane or like the different hand. So that same thing on a, on a, a kind of smaller scale might then happen. Yes. So like with generative art, you can go look and see how difficult it was to produce something because... You, know, you can look at the code and see how complex the code is. But with AI art, a lot of times it's not as transparent. You don't, you don't see what goes on behind the curtain, and you can't really fully appreciate how difficult or how easy it may have been to produce that. Do you see that potentially becoming a – I, I want to hear from everyone here on this. Do we see that becoming a problem down the road, or do you think no one will care? I'll take this one. Coming from from the background, uh, my background is uh, being an art dealer, and uh, so I deal with artists of all form, uh, from painting to sculptures and, and photography. I think nowadays, and uh, the world we live in, the, the technicality of things is, is not what defines the art. And um, like painting a copy of um, Da Vinci or whatever is uh, fairly simple nowadays using technology or using uh, masters of, uh, of their skills. So I think what defines an artist, as, as Rupert mentioned, is a concept, an idea, and, uh, and maybe creating a universal voice that is uh, his own voice. So <clears throat> I think, yeah, the AI will develop to a point where it will be very hard to, uh, to differentiate from uh, maybe a camera or, or whatever with uh, the easiness of creating images. And it will make for the artist um, creating something special uh, very hard and it's where you will have like a, a kind of a filter of uh, what art world has always gone through. You have a filter, of, you have always had many artists trying to produce something interesting and then the art story kept uh, what it thought uh, was relevant, sometimes uh, justifiably, sometimes maybe it was a matter of uh, the influence the influence of the society they were living in. But I don't think the technicality of the AI or the fact that you cannot see what's happening behind it matters. It's the same way when the camera were invented and uh, painters would complain that this will destroy uh, art or that uh, they will lose their job. Or nowadays you have artists producing art with their camera. It doesn't really matter that it's easy and they can snap it. What will matter is the idea they have uh, behind. And mostly for me when I, I receive lots of... Uh, artist uh, proposal, what I look always first is to see if I've been able to create um, a world of their own. And I think the success of Rupe 
is that he created with his 500 uh, images a world that is well defined. You can see characters maybe that repeat themselves, a style, um, the way he writes it, or a flavor to it. And I think it was very important. And then if this world appealed to a certain number of people, it may have success. So I think the discourse about the fact that AI, you cannot see what's inside or you cannot determine uh, if uh, an artist has been using too much or easily the technology, doesn't really matter. What matters is the, the end output. And if this output is uh, something that um, maybe brings something new or recalls something from the past that is interesting, bring something new, uh, it will be a thing accepted in a way uh, that may prove uh, successful. And just to to finish up on what Fred is mentioning, uh, it's already happened. Like you can, for this new project that we're releasing, you get that. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear. Yeah. Okay. For for this new project that we are. Uh, um, yeah, that's all for now. Okay. This uh, new project. Uh, be on mute. Oh, okay. <laughs> for this new project that we're co uh, curating with uh, with Roop, uh we've been. I think there's a slight lag with my uh, my connection, but uh, yeah, that's all I want to <laughs> answer to, to to your question. Yeah. Um, we've been scouting, I mean, so many, so many artists, uh, that are doing AI and, and kind of post photography and, uh, it's not even in two or three months, uh, guys, it's already happened. Like the, like uniformity of creations is there and you see, uh, the, the regurgitating of the same thing over and over and over again. So to really find, uh, people that are that have original ideas with this technology is already daunting. Like it was a like a really really uh, hard task to, to find people who actually have a voice with this tool. And you know, it's also we can we can talk about photography. And there was a there's always been this thing of oh, there's a new tool. It's going to put out of business or like uh, make what was, what was there before and not, um, not valuable anymore. And if we think of the last maybe 10 years, digital cameras are insane. I mean, just our phone. It corrects color, it corrects uh, perspective, it corrects ton tonality, it co corrects everything. So every image is perfect. And now, is everybody a photographer? Can everybody do art photography? No, it's about the ideas, like Fred said. So I think it, it's going to be the same uh, cycle for AI. And we are already in the cycle of uniformity, everybody doing exactly the same thing. And then once in a while, you find these gems uh, like Roop in, in amongst the crowd. I mean, do you, do you think that we'll see this... <clears throat> this style like copied? I mean, I mean, I guess that's a dumb question. Certainly we will, I guess it's more about the execution, right? Like with the, with the use of things like mid journey, Dolly, stable diffusion, all these, all these tools, uh, this whole toolkit that AI artists have. I mean, I guess what I'm unsure of is how much differentiability will there be? Will we, will we be able to really tell, uh, will, we, will we be able to get the, <clears throat> the essence of a particular artist like Rope from some other artist that's doing uh, or trying to, to, to replicate this and, and how, and if so, like how? Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's a, a, a excellent question. And I would, 
asked Roop to answer this based on what we've been doing uh, for, for this new collection, uh, where, again, we've been scouting for talent, and then we present it to Roop, and he, I mean, he knows his craft so well that he can, like, smell and minutely understand what other artists are doing. So maybe he has a better answer based on this experience that he's had with us uh, scouting for talent. Yeah, I mean, did they... I think it does come. So, I mean, art is not a a technical problem. I mean, fundamentally. So, uh, it it then, uh, I mean, art certainly has a technical component. So, I mean, depending on your art form. So, I mean, some have a kind of a larger technical com- technical component than the others. I mean, AI probably you know will. No matter are you doing photography or music or painting or whatnot, it will it will you know then substantially decrease the technical component, which then forces uh, you to really if you want to differentiate, you don't differentiate which that you have the world's best camera or that you have you know excellent uh, penmanship, but it, it then goes back to your kind of stories, ideas, team. Uh, sense of style, um, sense of that you want to say something, and you have a kind of personal voice. So I think to, uh, there are certainly artists that are able to use, just like you are able to use a cheap camera, then to do like then fantastic photos. The same way that you know these AI tools don't really uh, are not don't make it then impossible. For for you to express yourself, but but it, it is true that certain tools have a more than stronger uh, kind of like uh, tendency to 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 try to force in a certain kind of direction. I think this overall question of style is kind of like uh, traditionally hist- historically, you know, artists having their own style. A visual style has been like in quite an important component. It is still an important component, but I think slightly less so. So, I mean, AI will make it possible for an artist to actually be more flexible in terms of the styles they are then using. So, uh, uh, once they want to tell a story, if they w- if they think that a certain different style would then really fit, you know, that that them particular thing more, it is now more kind of possible than to do that than historically, whereas I think artists were kind of like then pretty. I'm not sure if I want to say the word then stuck, but they were like then pretty then fixated on the fact that they need to have a consistent style. So I, I, I think you know these AI tools. The more that the tool you know forces a certain style, then of course then then the harder it makes for you then to differentiate. But I, I don't think it's then impossible. But you certainly do need to make more effort. These tools are nowadays so good that you can just then you know write a single sentence, like a few words, words, and you get like a fantastic output. And when you see that output, then in then in the isolation, so you only see that you know picture. You think, well, it's it's really good. It's then only afterwards when you see like twenty five artists, and they all have the same picture, then you know in a in a kind of it's a problem in a strange way that you know, uh, and I'm not sure why it is actually such a problem. But it, 
it is kind of is that you know if a different person does the same thing even though that thing then kind of looks nice if you if you don't see the other ones but it does mean that it's kind of like in terms of probably art and artist if you're doing something that a whole bunch of people are then doing the same thing it kind of makes it harder for me than to understand your personal viewpoint so what do you personally then want to say with the art yeah i, I mean it's a good it's a good it's a good thought sort of i have a natural segue into that which is i guess the question about you know when you thought when you thought about the idea for life in west america you know what was the idea generation process like there you know and you're getting you're talking a little bit about artist process with using these AI tools and some of the software available. And is it, is it a matter of, you know, is there a difference in your mind between finding your voice as an artist within the context of, of using, using the software and the tools available uh, as an AI artist, or is it a, more so like understanding how competent or how, how effectively to use, to use the software itself, right? Like, I mean, a lot of this stuff is like you said, I mean, you can put five, six, 10 keywords in and get a great output, but I've seen some, of the um i've seen some of the like you know prompt engineering for lack of a better term for some other ai artists that are more at the top of the game and, and it's i've seen you know tons of keywords and a very specific structure and process for how they're generating these outputs and and there seems to me to be a very large gap between someone just going on you know stable diffusion or or, or mid journey and, and typing in a handful versus someone highly curated you know doing it uh, in a different way yeah i mean certainly the tools are, you know, rewarding in a way that the more you put into them, the more you can actually differentiate your output. So, I mean, they are, most of them are them, are them pretty scalable. Uh, I think there's a kind of risk in terms of like over fixating your mental kind of um, energy on making the, over fixating on style. I mean, it's this age-old question of style versus substance. I mean, are you working on six months to hone in on like a wonderful new style after somebody else will then do the same style fundamentally? So, I mean, it's the right combination of style and substance. So, I mean, life in West, uh, West America, I really... So, so, so the background of that is kind of like... Well, there's, of course, I have the multiple inspiration sources and backgrounds. So, I mean, going back to like then... Uh, Robert Frank's, you know, book, which I'm a huge fan of. Of course, it, that, 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 that looks quite different, but I mean, or, you know, I'm a Finn, so I'm not there. So, I mean, I, I take, you know, comfort in the fact that I'm doing like this a road trip then across the country in my mind. So I did do it once for real in like 12, 12 years ago. We did a coast to coast and road trip then across the um, states but now the things i remember from that road trip are then then hazy so i found it an extreme and then fascinating pro process to try to kind of like go back to my hazy things in my mind and try to recreate the the kind of the bus stops and side streets and kind of like all of that but they're really trying to let my their mind go and be free about and think about what kind of you know lives I would then want to express here. So what kind of then a world I would really want to create. So this place called the mythical then our West is then really, they're really then exciting for me. It's in all the songs. So when, 
somebody sings then uh song called then called then go west you know that's the that's the place that they really then want to go to and i i'm really fascinated of trying to show you know both sides of things so it's not only positive or or not only sad and you know they're lonely but you know try to try to tell one story from then our uh, multiple viewpoints at the same time and there i find the ai tools are extremely uh, they extremely then uh, work well with this particular vision of trying to like express these rather complex views of kind of like this uh, road trip in my head of kind of like these people and places that, and the events that have then happened once and they will then happen again and, and I think there's so there's certain thoughts that uh, work well to be expressed with AI and then some thoughts that perhaps don't then work so well. Uh, yeah, I'm almost also curious to think about how your peers, other AI artists, are thinking about what's going on now. Is there certain types of work that is kind of respected within the artist community that have an understanding of what goes into making this stuff more so than others? Because you, you alluded to these these AI models where you just put text in and it and it generates you know you know what could be a nice visual output, but is that kind of looked at as less? interesting or compelling simply because as an artist you know it didn't require as much work as let's say some some other some other method i don't really want to say that and i and i think of, of course art is not a a competition and, and of course the thing that i do personally is not a statement against the art that somebody else does in a in a different way i, I think the, in a kind of bigger sense it's then very i find it kind of very inspiring this thought that you know more people can you know express themselves through being able to create art so i mean art historically has been the privilege of a few that that have had the time and patience and capability then to learn the craft um, then so to speak i think in, in a big picture uh, if then more people are able to take, you know, just like uh, the overall what's has, what has happened with a camera, now that there's a, a then great camera on all phones that um, everyone can take photos, I think, you know, these AI tools have the same potential of like being able to, uh, not then everything needs to be, you know, uh, art. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, photos have tons of uses then besides art. But I, 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 but yeah, I mean, of course, certainly, I'm probably. So I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of of all artists. I, I think there's, there's, a wonderful artist that use something like Mid Journey or you know, the, but but I think overall, it's kind of like, the more I've observed that the more people spend time, the more they start to you know create complex processes. So I mean. Most artists probably start by using one tool, running one prompt, and say, you know, now the art is done. And as they spend more time, as they start to, you know, have a deeper sense of what they want to express, then these uh, workflows usually start to appear. So actually, you're using multiple tools in sequence, or you then do your own custom steps, or before or after, or you, or you start to then to alter it. So. And after you reach that point, I, I, I think that's a really good point because ultimately these are just more tools into the tool toolbox of of 
the artist. So, so, so the artist can use a number of tools, and these AI capabilities are the new tools that you could use in the combination with with then um, everything that you know so far. Let's flip it over to the collector's perspective now. I'm curious from Studio 137, how are you thinking? It seems like there's all this work that's being produced at a pretty high rate, especially now it seems to be continuing to ramp up. How are you filtering through all of it and kind of making the determination on what you want to collect and what you may not be as interested in? Well, I think when I when I consider collecting, I... You know, I think about the narrative behind the work. Is it distinct? Is it cohesive? I think about just purely on an aesthetic level. Do, do, do I resonate with with the output? What, what I don't really, at least personally, consider, if you take generative art, I don't think about a ringer or a Fidenza or a Meridian or, or whatever and, and really worry too much about how complex is the code, how many lines of code is behind it, how difficult was it to make. I care more about the concept behind the the ringers or the meridian or the fidenza that's that's what's more important to me personally and also in my case i, I love hanging um generative art or photography on, on my wall so do i want to have it on my wall in my house or wherever that's that's really what's important to me and i i think if you consider something like um i don't know hyper realistic paintings or drawings um they're technically very, very difficult. I certainly wouldn't be able to do that. They take a long time, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're seen as a better piece of work versus a impressionist painting or sort of a more minimal piece of work, which might have been done much faster. So, so for me, it's it, it's really just about do, do I gel first of all with the um, the aesthetic? That's probably the number one thing for me as a collector, and then. You know, having a dialogue with the artist, understanding a bit more about the narrative behind the work, um, sometimes as a personal story or, or these sorts of things, which really help to elevate it um, sort of to the front of the pack for me as, as a collector and help help guide my decision making. And I think with Root's work, there was a it was, it was really one of the few examples I've seen in, in AI or post photography work where there's been a just an extremely strong cohesive narrative behind everything uh, in that collection it's instantly recognizable as, as Roop's work it's distinct to a lot of the other AI work that I've I've personally come across um, and there's also a strong references to to film and and to color photography for example from the 60s and 70s which I think gave me an indication that Roop sort of is thoughtful in his approach he's 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 um, engage with other art forms along his his journey and his his process, and um, that's why this particular collection stood out. It's why his his new collection, uh, which is a sort of in some ways an evolution of Life in West America, I think really stands out. It's why we engage with Rupert on a curatorial level as well, because we felt he was because he was so distinct in his in his voice and his style, he would be able to help to um, to cut through the the huge range of of work out there to help you know, find distinct voices beyond his own as, as well for us to support as a, as a business and to, to help um, the, the next group coming through, um, which we hope to do over the next month or two. I mean, Studio, how do, you, how do you think about, I mean, I, I know you guys uh, are sort of focusing a bit more on the AI-related arts uh, artists right now with Fellowship, you know, the, the uh, collection with Laurie Simmons and... Um, and Claire Silver, 
you know, is that going to be the point of focus going forward? I know you spoke a little bit earlier about why you see this as arguably the most interesting thing going on within the context of the of the NFT space right now. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about why that has been your focus and if you expect that to be the case going forward for some period of time? Yeah, so, so just to, to recap on my earlier points, I think um, that the headwinds faced by photography in general are the, the fact the collections are typically quite small and generative photography, AI photography, gives the ability to, to perhaps create a, a broader, uh, wider, larger collection, which helps, therefore, to, to, to garner a community. It, it opens up the ability for more people to collect. Um, it helps support secondary sales and things like that. So I do think the, um, the scale of these collections is, is helpful and is interesting and perhaps solves one of the issues that, that photography has faced. Um, I also think there's just a general level of excitement around this being something new and different. Um, but, but what we're trying to do with Fellowship really is 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 to create a balance and to support all different forms of um, photography. We've, you know, we when we just just to maybe if I can spend a minute or two sort of give, giving the history to, to how fellowship started from the beginning. Um, we we really do three things. We we collect work ourselves. Um, we're we're now a gallery also, obviously, and we we help to support artists and sell their work. And we're we're forming a a charity to support historically marginalized artists as well, which we, we hope to launch later this year. And um, the, the seed really was a conversation I had with Alejandro. Uh, he had collected carpoolers, um, his, his incredible work. And we had a conversation. I think Alejandro asked me something like, what's your creatorial vision behind your photography collection? I sort of laughed embarrassingly and um, admitted that I was pretty much collecting work that I loved and that's as far as my vision went um, I, I think in life in general I try to approach things with a beginner's mind and and I'm very open to learning but there's no sort of false modesty in saying as a collector I, I recognize my naivety and I'm just beginning my journey here so when Alejandra said do you want to co uh, collect in a, a more creatorially tight or um, structured way um, and to build a, a permanent collection of photography which talks of the whole history of photography right from the beginning to, to the present day that was definitely something which was super exciting for me but the the challenges we faced initially were you've like most traditional artists um, certainly you know people like Joel Mayovitz are somebody who's in the later stages of their career they're not on discord or twitter they didn't know what nfts were in, in in much detail and we've had to have these conversations with with artists to, to talk about the um the benefits of nfts and you know we've, we've worked with them to onboard them into the into the space and you know that ranges from estates so we've worked with fred and the gibraltar estate which i think has been an extremely successful um launch for us we, we work with contemporary artists in all different stages of their careers and now more recently not not just ai but we're we're keen to create new work specific to the blockchain so we, we started really with our flagship project with dimitri cherniak and um we, we connected him with the laszlo maholi naja state just to, to sort of to talk to the history of art and and to try to connect the lineage really um 
you know, part part of the reason we're we're speaking to photographers who are in the later stages of their careers is they've often paved the way for for some of the artists that have come through more recently, and we think it's it's important to to shine a spotlight on photography and to have this whole history, you know, and and to to to, to really be educators as as well as simply presenting art that that can be purchased. Um, so estates, contemporary artists. Now, more recently, Yatrid is doing some work with us. She she's just done some um, shooting in Kenya and and in Ethiopia. Um, Laurie Simmons, we connected with Claire Silver because we felt that would be a, a really good way to to have Claire help to to create the work and you know almost like the the master pupil sort of um, dialogue and relationship in, in a way. Claire can learn a lot from Laurie from her vast experience, and and Laurie can learn from Claire because Claire's obviously. A, um, an extremely talented AI artist, um, and, and Roop and this collection here is just a, another evolution, really, of trying to, um, you know, to nod to the history of photography in the lineage, but also to be creating new and exciting work to give people that excitement about being involved at the start of something and, and something new as well. So we try to, we always try to balance. We're not just doing AI photography now, for sure. We're we're very excited and and bullish about all forms of photography we, we just feel this is a a moment where um photography has the ability to be sort of elevated to the level which i think it, it deserves to be at and hasn't necessarily had that opportunity for for, for many reasons over you know over the history of, of fine art and it's just now kind of having these little moments where it's 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 the steps are it's climbing up the steps you know you're seeing um amazing sales at auction houses you're seeing museums collecting incredible photography and it, it feels like we're built trying to build on the momentum to really elevate photography as, as a fine art form yeah it seems like the market you know obviously seems to really like it and I, i'm sure that's a construct a little bit of the collection size i know you hinted at that a little bit earlier you know do you are we going to continue to see you know is is is, is ropa's collection uh with life in west america going to sort of set a new benchmark for for long term long form you know, AI generative art, um, are we going to see a lot of these artists going to more of a QQL style parametric uh, methodology, you know, with all the different software tool uh, tools available? How do you see that, like, moving forward? Well, I definitely think the size of, of collections um, with AI photography is in general going to be larger than traditional photography. I think you know, Roop's new work, Reworld, which we'll, we'll talk about um, shortly, is is also 500 pieces. The the 10 artists Roop's helped to curate for us um, are 100 pieces. So we have 1,000 pieces across 10 different artists. And um, yeah, I think what we're really trying to do with the collection size is, is to help to create this community feel that you see with generative art and pfps which which is just harder with with smaller set sizes um i, I personally would absolutely love to see some sort of long form um ai photography where the the collector has the same experience as they do with with artbox for example to be part of the the creation process i, I would throw over to, to Roop to see whether that terrifies him as a prospect or, or whether that's that's possible do, do you have any thoughts Roop? Well, I mean, it's it's so hard to then to then to predict about the future. So, I mean, uh, what I'm what I'm personally doing right now relies a lot on on this kind of hybrid approach. So, I mean, by hybrid approach, I mean that I am there as the artist of kind uh, then trying to make choices and then 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 filter out. 
But I mean, uh, this all of these technologies then kind of so rapidly then developing that I'm sure it, it will be an exciting kind of challenge to try to solve that somehow that in, that you may, uh, mentioned. But uh, as of today, I don't yet know exactly how you would actually solve that that um, particular thing yet. <laughs> Yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool, right? I mean, we, I mean, I know there's some AI artists that have been around for a while, sort of like pre-software days that were, you know, training their own models or training models on their own work, right? Their own analog uh, work. You know, you think about people like Helena Saren and, and doing, uh, you know, paintings and drawings and sketches and things like that and using that as um, the structure for, for, for new work, um, training models on that stuff. So I'm wondering if we'll see photographers... Uh, either working in conjunction with AI artists or the AI artists, and, and in Rupi's case, you know, being a photographer or being both and, and training models on, on their own analog photography and then, and then creating, you know, long-form series out of that or, 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 or curated 100-piece um, sets out of that or things like that. I mean, the thing one could, of course, do is, so, I mean, for, for instance, I mean, the final collection is like the 1% of, you know, everything I create. So, I mean, it would be, in theory, possible to invite the, kind of the collector in to view the kind of the 50,000 pictures and then to pick the one. But of course, that's, that's probably quite exhausting also for the person who who then has to go through it. So, I mean, it's then quite exhausting for me. So I then imagine that it would be also then quite exhausting for then, for then, for then someone else. I think one of the interesting um, ideas we're, we're mulling over is what would happen if we paired a... AI artists with an estate in the same way we paired Dimitri with the Laszlo Holy Nash estate. So if you took Guy Baudin, for example, um, who's got several thousand incredible pieces of work, what would happen if we was paired with, with the Guy Baudin estate and, and Fred gave um, Roop access to, to, to that estate? What, what's possible and how could we reimagine um, Baudin's work for today? Or even Mayorowicz, who has 100,000 plus images i think most of which have been digitized or vivian may or these um estates with with enormous collections how could that work potentially be reimagined with with a new narrative and a new sort of cohesive concept which is relevant for today's society always is building on what they created and the um sort of the, the significance of their work but reimagine it to some extent with with technology for for today's audience as well Hey, Bob, is good to see you, man. Hey, sorry about that. I apologize. I had a conflict. I really am sorry I missed the first hour. I apologize to our uh, guests and my co-hosts. Yeah, no worries. You just missed the... No worries. Yeah, we're just uh, plenty to talk about. So, yeah, I mean, we're just to catch you up, we were talking a little bit about um, sort of this idea of, of uh, you know, I guess like long-form AI gender photography and and how important, you know, collection size is and, and sort of Studio 137 was mentioning a little bit about um, maybe creating a similar structure to how Artblocks does these, these you know, 500 to 1,000 piece drops or, or whatever the, the collection sizes are and, and how that creates sort of a, a connection with community and, and the art uh, on this side of, of, of the space and, and uh, sort of just trying to, to replicate that. Uh, yeah, I mean... Look, the community model that Artbox obviously is kind of like, not, I won't say pioneered, but obviously it pull, pulls people in. You get a lot of flow in the secondary market. It seems really important to the process. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Bright Moments and the stuff that Bright Moments is doing. 
but those smaller drops definitely seem to be lacking that one element. And hopefully there's going to be some solutions to that down the line as that collection grows, that community grows. But the the larger drops, the 500 to 1,000, you know, you get that turnover in secondary, people have a common interest, people start talking about it, it definitely seems to help. So, yeah, I mean, I think that maybe might be the model. And I think that, you know, obviously this life in West America done through brain drops, um, obviously has done really well as have the other drops of that larger size. So yeah, I, mean, I agree with that. Alejandro, do you think that um, photography has an advantage in this way over like maybe generative art in that it can get, like it's easier for the community to form around it? Uh, do you think that that's fair to say? I mean, put, sort of put your, <laughs> put your biases aside <laughs> as a photographer at the moment, but yeah, just curious what you think about that. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a different beast. Um, in the traditional like photography world of which I've been part for more than 50 years, like photographers are building these communities. Um, I mean, I've done it myself. I've published more than 20 books. Most of them are sold out. Uh, I do lectures, I teach, uh, I do solo exhibition, groups exhibitions, and all those little efforts create a community that when I put a book out, when I do an exhibition, I have sales of my prints, sales of the books, and that has let me be an artist. Uh, but there is a sensation of, of time uh, that is different compared to the NFT space. In photography, uh, I mean, you have artists that have been selling a project uh, for 30 years and have still not sold out that work. Is that a failed collection? No, not at all. They, actually, those prints sometimes become even more valuable because they've been around for so long. So it's a, it's a strangely different mechanic uh, to what has happened with, with uh, generative art, which is a, an amazing model. And one of the things that has really attracted me to NFTs is the idea of better distribution of art. And that's what NFTs do better than the traditional art market. Uh, distribute, better distribution, meaning there's more liquidity, there's uh, a, a faster a sale and resale a, a opportunity. Uh, there's community formation that is quicker because it's digital and, and hence we can communicate faster. And those things, that efficiency of an art market is very, very hard to pull off in the traditional art world. So I think it, what we're doing at Fellowship, we're trying to meet in the middle of those two things where we want to champion artists that, you know, are thinking of doing art. And yes, they want to sell, of course, but this idea of selling out and building an instant community is brand new to them because they're, 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 the process is different to to the way that we've understood traditional art before. But we need to go towards the NFT marketplace a, a, a narrative and, and, and foundations of it because the ultimate beneficiaries of that is collectors will find better art and artists will be able to sell their work, hence be able to do more art and more experiments. And so the, the, the cycle of doing art, selling art, art finding right collectors, a, a patronage, patronage to artists, artists being able to create more and so on is so much more efficient in NFT. So 
Uh, is it if it's generative art, photography, AI? I think we all need to be bullish on this system because it really changes things up. And I mean, the clearest example is Claire Silver. I mean, and she posted it a, a few days ago. Like, she didn't go to school for art. She didn't go to school to learn how to do AI. And yet now she's being collected by a major museum like LACMA. Um, that is something that talks about efficiency of a different art market where the cycles of an artist actually having recognition for their experiments, it's faster and more beneficiary for collectors and artists. I think uh, one thing I'd like to mention about these larger sizes, I mean, especially if, if it's a 500 piece and each piece is then different, that that does have some advantages. So, I mean, uh, from my social media, I don't observe that people share the pieces, you know, from a life in uh, West America. They share them because they are actually then different. So, I mean, compared to lighter projects that has 500, you know, the PFP pictures, which are then fundamentally the same. So, you have a guy that has a kind of blue hat and the next one has a guy that has a, a red hat. I mean, you don't want to share those pictures in the same way because you actually understand that you have then kind of then it's it's been seen, but in the in the cases where each picture is is then actually different, there is actually a kind of um interesting you know then behavior that you want to share it then outside outside and you know that then certainly helps in the social media. I'm, I'm, I'm sure this might have been touched on before, but I just want to say that I really like the the subtleties in a lot of the pictures where you're looking at them and you really, something doesn't quite seem right, but you don't really put your finger on it right away. And then you see, you know, multiple fingers that shouldn't be there or so, a car that just doesn't look right or the word, letters that just aren't right. I, I just want to say, I really like, like the collection and really enjoyed looking at it. And I appreciate Balan for turning, Balan for turning me onto it. Rob, I have a question for you. I wonder, you know, when you first started making, AI-based art, you know, were there any influences, inspirations, artists that you looked up to? Um, has that changed at all in, in the process of you creating this art as time has gone on? Well, I mean, my influences are actually quite broad. So, I mean, I, I think uh, I have plenty of influences that are outside pure, you know, AI art form software. I was thinking about this question beforehand. I don't want to start listing people because then I'm so bad at listing and then I then forget I mean, of course, I will mention then Claire. I mean, Claire's been helping me a lot. So Claire had an AI art uh, contest that I then happened to win, which which then opened some kind of doors for me. Uh, then you know, uh, people or then uh, then uh, then Harriot, then then Klinemann, Quasimondo on Twitter. But I mean, I think overall, my influences are. And, you know, AI is actually quite interesting beast in a way that, that your influences can actually be quite broad. So, I mean, be it you know, like musical influences or like classical, then photography influences or like film and so on. Also, the thing of where this AI art form will then go in the long term. Uh, nowadays, you know, photos are photos and the movies are, are movies and then computer games are, are then computer games. It can be that in five years, you know, the kind of the world you create, uh, I mean, then 
it'll be kind of more possible for you to create, you know, or to express that world as photos or videos or games or interactive experiences or the then virtual reality and so on. So all the all the kind of the media forms in the long run also will start to kind of like merge, which will also mean that the kind of the um, influences will then probably start to merge. So, so if you have then film influences or then photo influences or bands or then our favorite then authors and so on. So AI will probably in the long run also interestingly then start to merge these um, influences. Studio 137, you know, I guess at a basic level, why is there so much stickiness here with life in West America? You know, and, and maybe not speak just from your own perspective, but from what you think about the market and, and the participants of this space, you know, like what, I guess, yeah, like what is the stickiness here? Why do people love it so much? Why are they coming back to it over and over? You know, it's been oh, what about a month now since this thing launched and, and we're still here as excited to talk about it as the day that it came out. I, I mean, I think fundamentally the 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 easiest answer there is because it just looks fantastic. The work is visually extraordinary. Um, I, I think the the it, it feels like a moment in time where you you have this collection which has cohesion. It has a strong narrative. It has this nostalgic feel. Um, it has references to photography from. You know, the 60s and 70s and the advent of colour photography. I think Roop's got a, a, an amazing eye for, for curating these images and creating them in the first place. Um, and it's, I think as von, von Meiser said, you when, when you look at, you, you can look at the collection once or look at a subset of the collection and then again and again, and you always see different things and you don't necessarily know it's AI photography immediately, but you start to see weird stuff going on and it's, it, it just sort of entrances you and I've I've stared at I don't know I've probably stared at every piece um too long and um, spent a lot of time looking through the collection and I think it's not to say that hasn't happened before I, I think uh, using Claire as, as an example her work's absolutely extraordinary um but f- maybe that well this certainly has more of a photographic feel and for me as somebody who's extremely interested in photography that's what drew me in just seeing AI applied to a more traditional um, execution of photography but with with these artifacts you see from from the technology behind it that's it's just something new and different and I think it's really just the beginning for, for AI photography post photography whatever you want to um, call it I, I think loop and this collection will be seen as 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 one of the um, sort of flagship moments that really kicked off a uh, a wave of interest in a new form of photography. Yeah, that's a good point at the end there. I mean, what, what do we what do we call this classification of art, if anything uh, specific? I mean, are we are we just calling it AI photography? I mean, are we thinking about it as some as almost like a subgenre of something more emergent? Like, how how do you think about that? Uh, I, I'd maybe throw that over to Alejandro because you said something really powerful at the start around the restrictions of photography and. The f- now we have this moment where it's almost like the guardrails have been removed and you have the opportunity to to create what isn't real and to express that but still with the feel of a photograph so maybe Alejandro you, you can articulate better than I can that, that, quick, that answer I mean I would I would take um, a Fernando Gallego's uh, word uh, uh, or 
or parameter that he talked about on Saturday about AI, and he called it photographic artists. It's they're not photographers; they are artists that use photographic traits uh, to create images. So it's not photography; it's photographic. So I would say something around there is going to be a. I think what the general term is going to be in in outside in and outside NFTs, just like there is lens based artist, and it, it includes everybody like that does video, anything that has a camera and a lens. There's their lens uh, based uh, artist. I think this is a photographic artist is what we're going to call it, uh, or what's going to be coined into the future. Yeah, great. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, in this upcoming collection with Rupi on, on Fellowship, uh, what has been the process like? You know, what is the collection about? Uh, can you give us some more insight into into that? Yes, I can. Although I think perhaps the Fellowship guys should first introduce it on a kind of higher uh, level and then I can go into the details of my part. Yeah, perfect. Well, just to, to frame it quickly, it's um, you can find out more on uh, postphotography.xyz. So I guess we're putting a, a flag down on that term to some extent. I, I think it's just an easy, memorable um, uh, phrase to, to, to be using. And um, so anyway, postphotography.xyz, we have a, a micro site up. It's a group show celebrating this new wave in photography it's headlined by Roop he has a 500 piece collection which launches on the 6th of April and then the following day we have 10 artists so it's so a Roop's collection's 500 pieces then we have 10 artists with 100 pieces each so it's 1500 um, artworks in, in in total and um there's this other nuances you you can you can understand maybe from browsing the the site about how the auctions work and how to get an early access pass and those sorts of things as well there's there's also a conversation between Alejandro and Roop which goes into a lot of detail about uh, Roop's practice this collection specifically his thoughts on AI or post photography in general there's a, a gallery where you can see I think we have 10 10 images from each artist so you can get a real feel for the collection there's a a vision statement from each artist as well where you can you can find a bit more about the um the, the narrative behind the, the work that's been created but uh, there's also an absolutely killer trailer as well we we had a lot of fun probably 30 different edits to to get the trailer right but there's a one minute 11 seconds or one eleven point eleven eleven uh second trailer which i definitely encourage you to watch with the sound on it's it's pretty cool Yes, thank you. So, so for so for my part, indeed. So it will be a brand new then collection, five hundred pieces, um, titled a Reworld. So you know, it's the world and repurposed, uh, reimagined, you know, re, uh, recreated. So I, I think this then is a kind of perfect um, extension of of my thinking and process then behind life in uh, West America. Which was, was the really focused on this kind of like one specific place in my head, so one team, one overall vision. But I, I, I think this it, um, the extension here then goes on to like then a then I'm now then increasing the scale. So from one place, it's then going to the to the overall concept of of the world. 
and from one then individual so i think you know our life in our west america is quite focused on um then then um individuals um this one focuses more on like individuals in a larger than society so it has a kind of um um extended view in terms of the teams that i'm then addressing here on a technical sense i'm then using all new trainings, all all new models. I've learned just the more skills. Um, the technology has has been then updating a, a lot. Uh, I have now a lot more pressure, so I know that I I really need to then to improve my game. Uh, I mean even more so, uh, which is fine. So I, I think I'm I'm enjoying it. So and, and I think. Um, Yes, yes, I said so. So you can go to the website to see all the details, all the schedules. The final auction is in the start of April, so I'm still in between the process of of the, of the actual creation. But uh, I mean, the artwork that I've all already created so far, <laughs> I can say that you know, um, I'm then I'm then pleased with the artwork. And I'm then normally not pleased with you know things in in my life, so I, I'm then pretty hopeful that you know <laughs> that you know this this will really then set the next bar, and it will try to be slightly more uh, life in a life in West America was a, a kind of like a kind of statement about this new uh, this new capability of like emerging then uh, photography with AI. This one is slightly more kind of focused on the art itself and this AI is then certainly applied and so so on but it's applied occasionally so that it's kind of more or I mean everything tries to serve the pieces so sometimes it's applied in an extreme and visible way and sometimes it's not such a visible way because fundamentally I, I think the long-term goal is to create individual or beautiful and interesting pieces of art be it on the screen or or on the wall, and then the, all the tools, all the methods, all the styles, and so on. They should really try to serve serve the kind of these stories within these pictures. So, I have really then tried my best. The art will be great, <laughs> uh, but I mean, so so that's that's the real world in a nutshell. And as said, so so the kind of this second part that I'm extremely excited about is this kind of group um, uh, then group parts so we spend a lot of time trying to find 10 um, 10 you know 10 artists all with their own tastes styles voices and then then try to highlight their kind of art and I think it's the best kind of group kind of collection for post photography that I've seen mm-hmm. uh, I've I I I have the kind of the insider's view, of course, and it's my voice that 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 then says it. But it will be a really fantastic way for then everyone then to find a new artist, then to also then start to go much into more detail over their work and how they use the tools in a much then different way. So I think we then try to highlight a broad range of. Um, broad range of styles and techniques and then applications all hopefully in a way that as soon as you see a piece from the, this thousand 
you're then able then then to see that it's from then this person or then that person. So we really try to focus on artists that have then already found their own voice. Yeah, see, look, looking quickly through uh, the site that uh, Studio One Three Seven mentioned, the postphotography.xyz. Check it out if you haven't. Um, I mean, I see Anti Carpet in here, who I'm not familiar with, but I assume is also finished. You know, is there is there quite a growing community in Finland and and, and more broadly in Scandinavia for for AI artists and, and people interested in post photography? Um, you know, what has been your experience with that? Is the community growing? Uh, are these people that have been around for a while that we just you know aren't aware of just yet, and, and now have a, an outlet to to share their work? Well, I, I said so. I mean, interesting interesting process and I see you know new artists new names that then appear then almost like then every day so of course this this one represents an excellent kind of highlight or overview of the artists that we then felt I'm then excited over but I'm sure you know 2023 the kind of the year we are in so if we go to the end of this year there will be a wide range of new names new artists new art that we haven't yet, you know, known. And here we are then trying to highlight, you know, 10, 10 are new exciting voices. Uh, specific probably Finland, Scandinavia, um, it's, it's then early days, but I'm sure that, you know, uh, as, as we also highlight, the, you know, the art, I think there's, of course, much discussion about, you know, AI art, is it good or is it bad, or, you know, the impacts that it will have. But I personally think the best way to bring those discussions forward is then to create a show. So rather than talking in a kind of then, then abstract sense about, you know, what kind of impacts this, this may or may not have to, you know, artists, uh, I think, you know, uh, the best way is to is to try to create and then try to try to prove something. And if I if I can just comment on on Roop, uh and his he's cutthroat. I mean, we presented so many artists to him, and he was like, no, no, no. Like he really understands what uh, the possibilities uh, are with AI. And not only technically, but also conceptually. And so it was uh, an amazing process, sometimes very difficult because we would present things that we thought, oh, yes, this one, you know, this artist is definitely going to be liked by him. And then he's like, no, you know, like I've seen this, this, this and this. Uh, So I think his his sophistication is growing every time. Uh, life, it, it, his first, I mean, his first collection just cemented his vision so well that he, he now has the capability of not only knowing the experience of how art, like how to do the AI art, but also to circulate that work, which is a, a, something that a lot of people don't really understand. And because they, because it's yet too young for AI art to, to be like massively adopted, but um, this experience that he brought to the table is, I think, uh, shown, like he says, in these 10 artists that he curated because they do have their own voice, their own language. And some, uh, I can't remember who mentioned at the beginning, you know, some go towards the abstract, some go towards uh, the very uh, fictional, some go towards the narrative, the storytelling, 
So there is a big, big range of all these different ways in, in how artists are using AI today, uh, but in a very, very sophisticated way and not just uh, like a fast prompt and that's it, I have my result. There's, there's, th these works are really, really uh, sophisticated in that manner. And we had Rube there to, to control our excitement to, oh, like this is exciting. No, and he's like, no, no, this is, this and this and this, this is too simple. This needs more work. So uh, I think people really enjoy uh, what, what he put together. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, listen, uh, anybody in the audience, if you have a question for any of our panelists today, um, please you know, raise your hand or, or just ping me and I'll try to either ask it directly or have you up on stage. Um, while we let a few of those things file in, uh, we'll let Studio 137, I know you had a few more comments about the collection. Uh, uh, and what you guys are doing with Rube and some of the other artists. So go ahead. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, if you if you have a look at the In Conversation um, section, there's an image in there called Metropolis Number 2, which just, for, for me, one of the distinctive things about this new work is the sense of scale. And I, I've seen more, more pieces similar to this behind the scenes as well. And as soon as I saw that work, I said, this, this has to be printed two meters, three meters. Um, it deserves to be on a, on a big stage. Can we take this to, to Paris photo, call it post photography at the world's biggest photo fair and raise some eyebrows. It's, it's just such exceptional work, um, on a massive scale. It really, really excites me. Um, and definitely dive into the gallery. There's some of the work there. Um, Katie's work is just, again, I've seen more of the collection as well, but at scale, these are going to be, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 megabyte files. Um, you, you don't really get that sense of scale from, from the images we have today. But when we mint them, the detail is incredible. They're just, the, the, we were so blown away by the amount of quality work we saw. It's a real privilege to, to be involved in this. Yeah, great. Um, Margaret joined us on stage. Um, how are you? And please go ahead with your question. Hey, this is such a wonderful space. Um, I just wanted to thank all the hosts, um, Rup and Alejandro. Um, it's great to hear you both. Um, I'm super excited. Um, as someone who has a background in photography, I recently in the last six months have really started to explore um, AI in the ways that I think photography itself as a medium was limited. Um, maybe this is just a general question for everyone, but what do you see maybe people with photographic backgrounds kind of bringing into AI um, that kind of would elevate the medium in a way that maybe um, we haven't seen yet. I'm just, I'm super excited about the dialogue between AI and photography and your collection, um, Life in West America, blew me away when I first saw it. Um, and I'm a huge fan. So uh, just, yeah, I mean, that's my question, I think. <laughs> well, did he get rugged? Yeah, we might have lost him. Do you want to talk? Oh. oh, he's back. Oh, sorry, I pressed mute. Yes, so I, I want to say that, you know, photographers are in a, fa in a fantastic place because they really understand that photos are ultimately, it's a thing that tries to tell a story. And then there's a number of ways and a number of techniques and you know, a number of, you know, understanding of how do you actually then tell that. So I, I, I think AI art overall, you know, people in in the general all artists so if if you're a painter or you're a photographer or so on 
I think you are in the best position then to take forward and then then to use these AI tools. Because as I said previously, it's not fundamentally about the technical side, but but it's about then everything else that you've you know know and learn. And and I think you know photographers have the sensibility of light. Once everyone is, is able to create a beautiful picture, you realize that you know being able to create a beautiful picture is then not then sufficient. But it, then the question goes into everything else, and and I think there, once again, the people who are able to then to enhance and then to include the kind of the everything else, they are in in the best position also in the future, then to re, then to remain the artists. One and and to complement that, um, uh, photographers has have been editors for years. Uh, ever since uh, digital photography came into full force, the uh, end of the 90s, uh, photographers have had digital diarrhea. Like the, the creation of images is just overwhelming. And what we've refined in our practice is being an editor and selecting. And like Andy Warhol said, art is about decisions. It, that's it making the decision between this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. And that's what we, you know, a good AI artist uh, and photographers can do is be good selectors, be a, have a refinement of a vision to then pull from the thousands of images that these technologies can do. Because either be AI or photography, we can create images so easily today. But the ones that are going to stand out as artists are the ones that have the sophisticated vision of what they want to say. Perfect. Thanks for that. <clears throat> I think we'll take one more question and we'll probably wrap it up. Give me one second to bring the next person on stage. Oh, we might have got rugged. Oh, boy. All right. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to come back. I guess we'll wrap here. Uh, definitely want to thank the fellowship team, uh, Studio 137, Fred Alejandro for coming on, uh, Rupe as well. Really excited about the upcoming uh, work. Uh, do we have a date on when that's going to be launched, uh, guys? I, I, yeah, I might have missed that. Yes, so so the, the date is that the kind of the collection launch will be April sixth, and there will be a Patreon pass, you know, a mint pass that will be auctioned on the March sixteenth. So, so the mint pass is at at March sixteenth, and then the April April sixth will be this uh, will be the launch of the actual. Thing. Perfect. Yeah. Oh wait. This gentleman might be back. One second. Okay, Andres, go ahead if you have a question. First, I want to say, yeah, I'm honored to be here. Like, I really love the CryptoPunks. And I just wanted to say that uh, I hope you guys have uh, an amazing afternoon. And I love you all so much. And I hope if you can, like, uh, give my profile a look. I'd be honored to have more friends in the CryptoPunks family. I love you all so much. 
Sorry about that, guys. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for that. Um, thanks for everyone's uh, time today. Appreciate you joining us and listening in. I will include some information about um, the upcoming work with Fellowship on postphotography.xyz. If you're interested in checking that out, April 6th uh, will be when the work launches. And, yeah, thanks again for joining, and uh, we'll look forward to the next next show. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Hope. Take care. Right. Thank Cheers, you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.